0: This is episode 13 of the Online Business FM podcast with Louis Luke. 13, are you superstitious? Don't be, because it brings you bad luck. Hey, what? keep me in the music already.
1: Introducing Online Business FM with Louis Luke. Online business ideas, digital marketing strategies, growth hacks, SEO, and blogging tips to help you succeed in the online world. Online Business FM.
0: Let's find out together how we can make it online. Did you know that about 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of February? I mean, we usually begin each New Year all pumped up and motivated to do some serious changes in our lives, or at least to achieve something great. And we set ourselves some big goals like losing weight, going to the gym, writing a book, starting our own business, and then Life just happens, and we kind of forget all about our resolutions, our aspirations, our goals. I remember last year, I sat and wrote down some big, exciting goals for the entire year. Later down the calendar, I decided to revisit them and you know what? Some of them, I didn't even remember I had set them in the first place, let alone accomplishing them or doing something towards that. But why does it happen? Why do we keep failing to meet our goals continually? year after year after year, why do we fail at goal-setting, and more importantly, at goal-getting. To learn why, I decided to invite some people onto the show. Hi, my name is Louis, and if you happen to recall this show's intro episode, I told you this wasn't going to be your typical interview-style kind of podcast, but today we have not one, not two, not three, nor four or five guests, but 25 of them to help us finally figure it out. For this very special kind of episode, for this Expert Roundup episode, I posed one simple question to 25 people from all walks of life and from all corners of the earth. From bloggers to authors, from podcasters to YouTubers, from psychologists to mentors, coaches and course creators, from the United States of America to Australia, from the United Kingdom to South Africa and back to Europe. I asked them, Why do people fail at goal setting? And this is what they answered. Let's kick it off by understanding what goals and aspirations actually are with no one but podcaster, author, and small business coach Candice Coppola.
1: Here's an interesting reason why your goals might be failing year after year. You're confusing goals with aspirations. You see, there is a difference between goals and aspirations, Goals are defined as the object of a person's ambition or effort, an aim or a desired result. An aspiration, on the other hand, is a hope or ambition of achieving something. Simply put, goals are the how and aspirations, they are the why. Goals are how we train for the marathon. And aspirations, my friends, aspirations are what happens and how we feel when we cross that finish line. David Kirkley put it really, really simply. He says that an aspiration is attained over time on the bedrock of many goals. Don't get confused, my friends, between aspirations and goals. Set your aspirations and then start working on action steps, aka goals, to get yourselves there. This process, this process helps us to dig deep enough that we hit that bedrock that David Kirkby talked about.
0: Candice is right. We often confuse goals with aspirations. Goals are far more specific and actionable than aspirations. Aspirations are our why or purpose. But is our why or purpose really that important to succeed at meeting our goals?
2: My name is Ashley Barnhart, and I'm the host of a podcast called Adult Struggles, where we talk about overcoming life obstacles and the journey of adulting. I actually just had two guests on the show this past month talking about goal setting, so this is very top of mind for me. One of the big takeaways that I learned from those two guests was the importance of having purpose behind your goals. So I think one of the biggest reasons people fail to accomplish what they've set out to do is because they haven't determined their reason why they don't think about the outcome of the goal or what the future could hold if that goal were to be accomplished. So for example, you could have a very empty surface level goal of losing weight, which is great. But if you don't form that personal connection behind the goal and think about, okay, like, why do I want to lose weight? What's going to be the outcome? How is this going to change my life? Um, then you're most likely not going to accomplish it. So putting that purpose and that why behind the goal is one of the most important aspects of succeeding.
0: So having a why, a purpose that pushes you into achieving something that you want, into going after your goals is important. It's actually one of the most important aspects of succeeding at goal setting. It's all about forming that personal connection that Ashley was talking about, which will then help you stay committed along the way. Right, Natalie?
3: Hey there, it's Natalie Bardo, the founder of itsallyouboo.com, a blog dedicated to helping you slay your goals in life and business. I would say that the number one reason that people fail with goal setting is that they don't look beyond the goal itself. So when you're setting a goal, don't just have an outcome, a destination in mind, but tie it and anchor this goal to something deeper. Something deeply personal to yourself like an intention, your purpose, or your why. Don't just focus on where you're going but have something that you can draw on to keep you motivated and inspired. Because let's be honest, motivation comes and motivation goes. It's really hard to stay committed. That's why you need to have this something deeply personal from the beginning. That's why I created my Slay Your Goals Planner. It helps you go from intention to action. It's not just about the goal. It's about why it matters to you, what it means to you, and what accomplishing this objective that you have would mean for yourself. So next time you set a goal, think about, what does this mean to me? What is the purpose of this goal and how is it going to change my life? That's how you're set up for not just goal setting, but goal slaying
4: success.
0: Right. Looking beyond just your goal and tying it to something deeply personal is key to feeling motivated and staying committed along the way. But besides that, we need something more. Listen to what Dr. Shannon Irvin, a strategist, mentor, philanthropist, and host of the Epic Success Podcast has to say about it.
5: Hey, Louie. Dr. Shannon Irvin here. So I have seen over and over again, the reason why people do not achieve their goals that they set out for themselves is they never ground them in the way they want to feel and they never ground them in what they want to produce in their life, their end result. So a lot of times people said, well, I want to make more money, but then they're not talking about how, what does that get them? You know, what does that do for you? What's important about that for you? and really grounding in that as your why. We hear it all the time. You got to know your why. You got to know your why. But then 98% of people dismiss that. And it's the fuel that keeps it burning. And then One of the things that happens too is a lot of people will set goals in January and then never look at them again. And that's not what high achievers, high performers do. They revisit their why every single day. In fact, right in front of me right now is my why. I'm staring at it as I'm sitting here in the office every single morning. I rewrite my goals, not as if I hope they happen, but as if they've already happened. And starting to become the person that that type of goal requires and do that now so that it just becomes easier and more effortless for your goals to be accomplished. So those are some things that I know high achievers, high performers do and you can really shift the game if you start to do them.
0: Perfect. This means that we need to keep coming back to not just our list of goals so we won't forget about them, but also to our why's so we keep ourselves motivated and committed, and we should do it every single day. In light of that, it's also a good idea to look at our goals as if they have already happened, so as to try and feel what we would like to feel if we were to accomplish them, thus leaving our wise in advance. Hence the something deeply personal aspect of this, like Natalie was saying, which is all about looking into your feelings, your emotions, and the vision you have for yourself, for your family, and your life.
6: I'm Lisa Linfield from Working Women's Wealth. For me, one of the major reasons people don't achieve their goals is that goals exist to achieve a vision that you have. And in many cases, people don't set a big enough vision. In my mindset or goal setting courses, one of the techniques that I use is very strong visualization and I give people permission to dream big. So I say to them, dream a dream that is so big that there is absolutely no constraints, no buts, no hows, no whys, nothing. And what I'm always fascinated by is so many times people respond and they say, it is so great to have permission to dream. And it's always struck me as something really interesting because why do we need permission to dream? When we were little, we used to dream unconstrained dreams all the time. And for me, the answer is because our hopes have been dashed. We've had a hope for something and it hasn't come to pass. And so when we do these visualizations or goal settings, there is a natural protective safety mechanism in us that says, don't be stupid, Lisa. Make sure that you set dreams and goals that aren't going to hurt you or disappoint you. And so if your goal or your dream isn't big enough, it doesn't have the excitement, the emotion, the feelings attached to it of something better for you or your family or whatever it is that you're setting that goal for, then I don't think that we create a momentum, a pull from our goal or from our vision that is strong enough to impact our goal. In addition, to the fact that your vision doesn't pull you. One of the reasons I think we don't achieve our goals is because we don't set time aside to prepare each week. And in an interview that I did with a woman called Lisa Raleigh, who was one of the biggest loser fitness coaches, I asked her the question as to why don't people achieve that New Year's diet resolution. And she mentioned preparation, that it takes very big organization and preparation to achieve a weight loss or um, exercise goal. And I thought about it a lot in terms of women's finances. And if you have a birthday party for your child's friend, and you've got half an hour before you've got to buy that present, what ends up happening is that you spend way too much money on that present because you've got half an hour and the first thing you see is good enough and you buy it, but it's too expensive. If you are prepared and you make sure that you go to a wholesale toy shop and buy a whole bunch of toys at a cheaper price, you will be able to achieve your financial goals a lot better. So that element of preparedness impacts all aspects of goal achievement, is that it takes work to achieve your goals. And it takes that discipline on a Sunday or on the weekend to prepare your meals, to prepare your exercise plan, to prepare whatever it is, such that when the week hits you and you are tired and it's flying at you at a million miles an hour, you don't have to think too hard as to what it is that you need to do. You've already set it aside, you've already prepared for it and it helps you to achieve your goals.
0: So on the one hand you have your more practical and analytical side, making sure you're disciplined, prepared and do the work that is required to achieve your goals. On the other hand, You have your feelings, emotions, intentions and motivations, your emotional intelligence, fueling your wise or purpose. Both things combined can be really powerful, allowing you to transform yourself whenever you try to accomplish your goals. I wonder what Candy Stick, host of the EQ Evolution podcast, has to say about this.
4: When looking at goal setting and why we fail at our goals through the eyes of emotional intelligence, a key thing we look at is the awareness that goals involve change and change involves us, people, and people are much more complex often than we acknowledge or accept or even understand. We have conditioning from our past. We have habits from our childhood. We have motivations and intentions we aren't always aware of or haven't actually identified. We don't always get in touch with the true desires of our hearts. Sometimes we work from a place of the desires of our heads or shoulds or must-bes. And actually, if we're going to make change, the powerful thing is to get in touch with our heart. The energy of our heart is 4,000 times more powerful than the energy of our head. And when they two are aligned and work together, it's the equivalent of riding an elephant towards our goal as opposed to trying to push an elephant <laughs> towards our goal. So it suddenly becomes a lot more powerful if we have our heart and our head aligned as we set our goals and we move towards them. And then within that complexity is to not set ourselves up for success or failure as though achieving a goal is a black and white issue, that it's Either we have or we haven't. We got there or we didn't. But actually to understand the gray area in between that it takes to reach success. And then use that space when we fail to acknowledge that we failed, to reflect on what we've been feeling, to reflect on what's going on for us, to reflect on the habits, the external factors and demands that mean we haven't been able to follow through on goals. And then to unpack in reflection And then to start again with more wisdom. And as we repeat that process, it may take us months or years even, longer than we expected to get where we want to go. But the reality is in the long term, we are able to get there as wiser people with greater self-awareness, greater understanding of self. And so the goal then doesn't just become something we get to tick off our list, but the process of achieving the goal actually transforms us as well.
0: The practical, analytical side of goal-setting might not be for everyone. Likewise, getting in touch with your inspiration, feelings, emotions and intentions and use them as a pool for accomplishing your goals and aspirations might also not be for us all. But it is probably crucial for the more creative among us, like Linda Schwartz, a stand-up comedian and podcast host.
7: As a creative person, goal setting has never really been a linear, rigid, structured kind of thing for me. And up until recently doing a SMART goal was like pulling teeth for me because I just didn't feel inspired or connected to uh, not just the acronym, but the methodology. So for me, I discovered that if I set an intention and a theme for myself that was emotionally driven and highly inspired, I could really allow the inspiration to move forward and move through me as a channel, as a creative channel to get things done. So for instance, my 2018 um, intention and theme was Prosperous soul play. And the intention behind that was to get paid to share my gifts and talents with the world. And for me, that has a lot of emotional and inspired pull to it. And so, um, one of the things that happened in 2018 was number one, I was inspired to do stand up comedy again. And once that inspiration hit and once I knew that that was what I wanted to do, the things that I needed to do quickly followed Behind, like, signing up for a class and, you know, working on my set and working on my material, writing, doing those things. And then I was inspired to start my podcast, She Shed Comedy Podcast. And that inspiration came forward to me at the end of May of 2018. And from the moment I was inspired to do that and the date that I actually launched, it took about 90 days for the dream or for the podcast to manifest. And so I did everything that would have normally had to be done, just being open to and moved by what was coming forward um, through my inspiration and intention. And so for me, goal setting has always been a, a feeling practice, not so much a rigid um, structured practice and it, and the rigid structured practice works for a lot of people. It just doesn't work for me. And I think that goal setting is a relative. Um, experience. It's a relative experience in that everybody operates on a different level at different capacities. And I also think that goal setting in the structured and linear and in the smart goal way is also a very masculine approach to getting things done. If you think about all the people who are behind or most of the people that are behind um, the smart goal, And how it came forward, I believe a man probably invented that or came up with the acronym. And for a woman, for a creative woman who's driven by my emotions and my, you know, liking to be inspired or feeling like I need to do something, that the SMART goal just really wasn't ideal for me to live into. And so one of the things that I found that worked again, like I said, was something was creating something that worked for me that was tailored to my own quote-unquote operating system. And for me, knowing that I am a highly inspired and highly intuitive person, setting an intention and a theme for myself really has worked wonders for accomplishing all the things that I want to accomplish. So that's my take on goal setting. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for that, Linda. Let's now rewind a little bit to what Dr. Shannon was mentioning. Starting to become the person we need to be to reach our goals and fulfill our ambitions, our aspirations, is one of the secrets to success that all high achievers share. Quite unsurprisingly, this also happens to be one of the success principles that Jack Canfield, co author of the famous Chicken Soup for the Soul book series, talks about in his other book the success principles. Forming some positive habits, such as rewriting your goals, revisiting your whys, and starting to behave like the person you need to be to reach your goals, actually sends a message to your subconscious mind, kind of forcing it to try to narrow down the gap between where you are now and where you want to be in the future, in regards to your goals. And before you go, ah, this sounds too mystical to me, I don't believe in this kind of magical stuff. Before you go like that, just listen to what Heather Christian has to share.
8: Hi, this is Heather Christian with the Blast the BS podcast. Now, the number one thing I think people do wrong when they are setting goals is they have this "set it and forget it" mentality. They get all gung ho, like I'm going to start this new thing, and I'm, um, you know, in a week from now, my life is going to be totally different. And then they just think about it one time. And then it's out of their mind. I mean, we're all super busy people. And so you have to have a way that you are sticking to your goals so that you make it through that 21 days that it takes to create a new habit. So here's what I do. I write down my goals every night before I go to bed. And then I write them again every morning when I wake up. Now, I know this sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. It only takes you about five minutes. And here is what it does for you. When you go to sleep at night and you write down those goals, you are telling your subconscious mind, like, hey, figure out ways I can make this happen. And then in the morning when you do it, you are basically telling your subconscious mind to look for clues to make your goal happen. It's similar to when you're thinking about buying a new car and um, you see that car everywhere. That's what you're doing. So don't just set it and forget it with your goals. Write them down morning and night your top three to five goals, you can do it really quick, and then you'll see how much faster those new goals become habits in your subconscious mind, and they just become part of your everyday beliefs.
0: You see, this helps keep your goals and your wise fresh and present at all times, which then contributes to having your subconscious mind doing part of the work for you, and this has nothing to do with magic or mysticism. Understand that, each day, you get bombarded by millions and millions of bits of information from literally everywhere. Now, obviously, your brain needs to filter that huge amount of info, so it only stores what's more important to you. When you rewrite and or revisit your goals and your whys constantly, you're sort of telling it, this is important to me, keep it at the top of my priorities. What this does is it stimulates a very specific part of your brain called RAS, R-A-S, which stands for Reticular Activating System. Once activated, the RAS function will pay more attention to the things that are most important to you, your top priorities, allowing you to find new clues and opportunities, enabling you to see things you wouldn't see otherwise, that may be helpful for you to reach your goals and achieve the success you're looking for. That's why when you buy a new car, learn a new word, or even fall in love, you suddenly begin seeing that car or that word or that person's face like everywhere. That's why when I bought my new used car last summer, a model which I had only seen once before, it suddenly seemed that everyone owned the same exact model and had picked the same exact color. And if this isn't enough to convince you, forming this successful habit will enable you to start shaping your new beliefs.
9: Hey there, it's Shannon Mattern from the Pep Talks for Side Hustlers podcast where I share marketing tips, motivation, and expert advice to help you grow your side hustle. So why do I think people fail at goal setting? Well, the main reason is that They don't really truly believe that what they want is possible. So I see this happen in my own life over and over. When I first started my side hustle teaching WordPress to entrepreneurs, I knew deep down in my bones that someday I would grow my business big enough to the point of quitting my day job. I just knew it and I actually did it. And on the other hand, when I have set the goal many, many times in my life to lose weight over and over and over again, deep down, I haven't believed that it's possible. I haven't believed that I'm capable of doing it, and therefore my actions follow my belief. And until recently, um, when I worked on changing my belief to believe that it is possible, my actions are now following my belief, and I am seeing results and working towards that goal. So let me ask you this. If you wanna make six figures in your side hustle, but you don't quite believe that it's possible, what can you start believing? Can you believe that you can make $100 this year? Can you believe that you can make 1,000? What about 10,000? Where does your belief stop? I want you to set that as your first goal And then when you actually believe that that is possible, you will take action towards reaching that goal. And then when you accomplish that goal, move through this exercise again to find out what you believe is possible for yourself and see how much your belief has grown. Set that as your next goal and watch yourself just knock it out of the park. So I actually have a resource that can help your audience, Louie. Check out peptalksforsidehustlers.com forward slash 158 for the first episode in my series on creating a strategic plan for your side hustle so that you can reach your business goals.
0: If we don't actually believe that we can achieve our goals, then we have two options. We either set less ambitious goals that are easier for us to believe we can meet or we change our beliefs. But setting less ambitious goals just because they're easier to accomplish doesn't make us grow and evolve in order to become the person we need to be to fulfill our ultimate dreams and aspirations. And if our overall aim is growth and evolution, then we definitely have to change our underlying belief system and our habits to reach higher goals and achieve greater things.
10: G'day, Louis. Jason here from the Business Made Easy podcast. The reason I think most people fail at goals and myself included over the years where I set goals and failed to meet them, particularly in the areas of things like weight loss and that sort of thing is that we don't change the belief system. We set the goal, which the goal is the end target and that's what we want to get to. And that's the reward at the end, but we don't spend enough time on changing our underlying belief system and that belief system and the habits that go into that belief system are the critical things that I think is where people fall down with their goal setting. James Clear talks about this extensively in his book Atomic Habits and unless we get a real burning desire in our belief system to actually move towards that end result, we're not going to get there. We're going to fall short because we haven't put in place the systems and processes to drive us towards that. So achieving your goals is is basically made up of a succession of regular persistent habits and that's the bit i think is where people fail i know myself i've failed in that area over the years and i'd recommend checking out james's book if you get the chance to do that it's an awesome book and it spells it out really clearly in there but that's something i do now is actually spend a lot more time when i set a goal i go okay well that's what i want that's the end result the reward at the end but what's the path what's the journey then set up sort of micro wins along the way And bit by bit, you'll get there rather than looking at it as one big long task that you have to do, breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces that you can, and smaller victories along the way. So if I can just in the next two weeks, get to this point, if I can get to the next two weeks and change the language, change your language so that you're talking as if you already have achieved it. I think that's where I see, I know I've failed in that regard over the years and it's certainly made an impactful difference to me now in my life and in my business.
0: It's all about changing that underlying belief system of yours, unlearning some bad habits and forming new ones. At the same time, don't look at your big goal as something you need to tackle as a whole, or to accomplish in just one go. Doing that will only get you overwhelmed and you risk getting burned out in the process. Trust me, I've been there multiple times. Instead, break your big goals down into smaller bite-sized pieces or tasks As my buddy Jason Skinner was saying, something you can control and within a manageable time frame. Then every time you complete one of your micro tasks, celebrate those small wins. It will keep you motivated, committed, and on the right track to reaching your bigger goals.
11: Hey Louis, this is Pauline Longdon and Ray Brent, and we're from Breaking Through the BS. Dot com. Anyway, we're here today to answer your question, which is why do people fail at goal setting? So the biggest mistakes that Ray and myself have seen people make when it comes to goal setting is that sometimes their goals are just too hairy and audacious and they get overwhelmed by them they do and it's a case of making something so big and putting a time frame on it that is just realistically unachievable because it's outside of their actual control yeah and that's a big thing isn't it ray that we've seen in sakes is that people will try to set goals and time frames for things that they cannot control themselves that's it and they'll set that time frame on something that they can't control but then they won't actually backfill and set smaller stepping stone goals as we call them yeah to actually help them to achieve that big hairy audacious goal yeah. so what they do is by not setting the smaller stepping stone goals they set themselves up for failure so that big, hairy, audacious deadline will come along and they haven't achieved that goal so they feel that they're a failure. Because I used to be a phobe because I did this very thing and I finally learned that by just reverse engineering what that big, hairy, audacious goal was, setting mini deadlines within the time frame and having an outcome because just say that I want to be an A-list copywriter. Well, if I put a firm date on that, but I can't control what kind of clients run my copy, then I'm setting myself up for failure. But if I say that I want to be an A-list copywriter in the next five to seven years and then do everything that I need to have that happen, then that's what I can control. Yeah, you're controlling what you do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and then, as they say in the metaphysical world, the universe will actually conspire to help you achieve because you've actually started to achieve and do things Mm -hmm. to make that happen. Yeah. The other mistake I wanted to quickly discuss is that people set goals that do not excite them. Yeah, this is a really big one, Pauline. So someone may say that they have a goal of reaching a 10K income within a year. But when they look at what it will take for them to go from maybe what they're at now, three or five thousand dollars to get up to ten thousand dollars is going to take double the effort. It's going to result in more time away from their family. It's going to be more work, It's going to be more of everything more stress. So when you look at it, that goal interests them, but it doesn't excite them. So always make sure that you have that visceral response when you set a goal that it excites you to your very core. Otherwise, I can guarantee you can do all the goal setting, all the magical little things, but it will not happen unless it makes you tingle on the inside. Yeah, it's got to be something so amazing that it actually drags you through the mm-hmm. the desperation or the the drudgery of the day-to-day And the bad work. times yeah. because if you are not excited by your goal, at the first obstacle that's too much, you will give up. So make sure your goals excite you. Yep. And if you don't already have a track record of success, set yourself smaller goals first up and achieve those. And then as you build that track record of success, mm-hmm. then start to flesh out those goals, make them bigger, Yeah, make them a little bit more scary so that it actually and it you stretching to do more. Yeah, excellent. So there you go, Louis. Hope we answered your question
4: and thank you for giving us the opportunity.
0: Exactly, Ray and Pauline. That's yet another disadvantage of setting less ambitious goals. They don't have the exciting factor. Setting exciting goals is a crucial goal-setting strategy. Make them exciting, but, again, avoid easily getting overwhelmed by them by breaking them down into smaller steps. Always remember, bridges, monuments, great feats and even careers weren't built overnight, just like that. Don't you agree, Alan?
12: Hi, Louis. Ellen Jackson here from Potential Psychology. Thank you for the opportunity to contribute to your expert roundup on goal setting. Why do people fail at goal setting? Well, we now have over 40 years of psychological research into goal setting and what it tells us is that like most human behaviour, the process of setting and achieving our goals is actually far more complex than we'd really like it to be or that we imagine it to be. And the most common thing that I see as a coaching and workplace psychologist, and I am guilty of this myself, is making our goals big and ambitious and exciting, which is great and very motivating, but then quickly becoming overwhelmed by them because we sort of just don't know where to start. It's like sitting at the bottom of a really tall mountain and looking up at the peak and wondering how we're ever going to make it to the top. And that feels overwhelming. And then of course, we procrastinate because we feel overwhelmed and then we feel guilty and that makes our procrastination worse. And it becomes this vicious cycle that really stops us in our tracks, despite being otherwise really motivated to achieve these goals. And the reason this happens is that we somehow think, at least maybe subconsciously, that we need to make it to the top of that mountain to achieve that big goal in one or two enormous leaps. And that's just not the way it works. We achieve any big goal by taking small, consistent steps in the direction that we're heading or that we want to head. So my advice to clients who have big, exciting goals, but who are starting to feel overwhelmed or finding themselves procrastinating, and of course, that elicits all kinds of other confusing feelings or what we call dissonance because we're really motivated, but we're also procrastinating and then we're confused about why we really want to achieve this goal, but we're not doing anything towards making it happen. And that's a confusing feeling is to break the goal down into as many small steps as possible and then to sit for a while and then break those first steps down even further and then to start with one really small thing that they can do straight away because we know that that first small step is the first step to the top of that mountain and achieving our goals.
0: It's just like what Alan Jackson, host of the Potential Psychology podcast, which you can find at potential.com.au, just said. The risk of setting big and exciting goals is getting overwhelmed, which leads to procrastination, which then leads to failing to achieve your goals. Hence the importance of breaking down those goals into smaller, manageable chunks. Another excellent goal-setting advice is to set middle-sized goals, which are composed of those smaller manageable chunks or bite-sized tasks, within foreseeable time frames in order to avoid overwhelm. Let's listen to what Dr. Amanda Kroll, a cognitive psychologist and growth coach that you can find at amandakroll.com, has to say about it.
13: Hello, my name is Amanda Kroll, and I am a coach for coaches and therapists to help them to get more clients and make more money. And I was asked to answer the question, what is it that stops people from actually achieving their goals? What I like to tell people is that they are taking on too much all at the same time. So people will say, I want to run a marathon and then they'll get so overwhelmed by that big of a goal that they'll get stuck, they'll become overwhelmed and they'll begin to shut down it's okay to want to run a marathon. It's just really important that you understand that it's going to take some time to do that and then help yourself to see how you can get a little closer this month, this week, and today. So I suggest that people, you know, set a someday goal of running a marathon and then set a 90-day accomplishment because, looking out over the next 90 days, you can legitimately figure out what's possible for you. We don't overestimate when we look at our calendar and really think about like literally the next three months of February, March, and April, or whatever it is. I know I could probably accomplish this. It's aspirational, but achievable. So if you can identify a 90-day accomplishment, then the next thing you need to do is to figure out without any concern that you're getting you know, one-twelfth of the way there, you ask yourself, how can I get a little bit closer to that accomplishment this week? That's a really important way to put it, like get a little closer to that accomplishment this week. And that starts to make you get concrete with yourself. You begin to have to do things that actually fit into your schedule and it holds you accountable to actually taking a step because you're not asking yourself to transform. You're asking yourself to get a little closer this week. For some people, that's enough. For other people, it's really helpful to say, first thing in the morning, how can I get a little closer to that today? Is there something I can do today? And then celebrating and savoring each of those accomplishments, whatever it was that you did today, savoring it and being grateful for it, and then allowing your success, your accomplishments to lead you forward. Because if you're Getting a little closer today than you're getting a little closer this week and you'll have some success. You'll, you can follow your bright spots towards the goal that you set for yourself in 90 days. And I think that what this does for you is it takes you out of that place where you're over ambitious and overwhelming yourself because overwhelm is what throws the brakes on change. Whereas hope, which comes out of doing a little bit and being successful is actually change fuel. So that's my suggestion. Make sure that you're staying in the land of hope, following your bright spots, taking on the smallest possible step forward and following those bright spots towards an achievable but aspirational 90-day goal. Hope that helps.
0: By now, you might probably be like, okay, I understand the benefits of breaking down my big goals into smaller steps. But how do I actually do that? Well, Bill Whitmer from BillWidmer.com and host of the Better Life, Better Business podcast is here to explain.
14: So the question was, why do people fail with goal setting? What are some mistakes people make when setting new goals and trying to achieve them? Well, the biggest thing that held me back in the beginning, and I see hold a lot of other people back when it comes to goal setting, is tackling too big of a goal and getting discouraged when you're not making progress towards this big, massive, audacious goal. So one thing you can do to avoid that and to actually succeed in goal setting is to break that goal down into smaller steps. And you do that by reverse engineering the goal. So you've got this big end goal, like losing 50 pounds or making an extra thousand dollars a month or whatever it looks like. You take that end goal and then reverse engineer it. So what do I have to do This year, what do I have to do this month? What do I have to do this week? What do I have to do tomorrow, today, right this second in order to achieve that goal? And then every step along the way, whenever you achieve one of these sort of mini goals, celebrate that and realize that you're making progress. And then the other thing you can do to further increase your chances of success is to actually track your progress. So write down your big goal, write down your sub goals. So this month, this week, today and then track each step along the way. So when you finish it, check it off, and you can see in the bigger picture, all right, I finished this step. That's exactly the step that I needed to take to get me closer to the next step, and then the next step, and it creates this kind of momentum, this snowball effect, if you will. To sum it up really
0: quick, set your big goals, write them down, Break them down into smaller mini-goals by reverse-engineering them, by asking yourself, what do I have to do this year, this month, this week, today, right now, to achieve my goals? And write those mini-goals down too. Set a time frame for the achievement of those mini-goals. And then, as you complete your mini-goals, celebrate that and track your progress by checking them off of your mini-goals list. So basically, what you need to do is make a plan for how you're going to go after your goals, and prepare for every eventuality in order to tackle
15: them in the most effective way. Hey, Zach Johnson here from blogging.org, and today I'm going to be talking about why people fail at goal setting. Now for myself, when I have a goal and I know I want to hit it, the first thing I do is take out a piece of paper and start writing some ideas down. You can also do this in mind mapping programs, and it'll really help you plot out how you're going to accomplish everything and put it into place. Most people fail at goal setting because they just say, I'm going to do this, and they don't have a plan in place. So if you actually want to have a goal that you're going to accomplish, you need to have a way to get to that end goal. It's just like building a house. You can't complete it without a foundation. So the next time you have a goal, be sure to write everything down, not just what your goal is, but how you're going to get there, what you're going to do once you accomplish that goal, and the many obstacles that you might hit along the way. If you do all this and you actually follow through, you're going to be that much more likely to accomplish your goal. I think the most
0: important thing that we can take from Zach's advice is that we have to make a plan and make sure we're ready for everything, for obstacles as well as successes. In a sentence, prepare for your journey before you leave.
16: Hi, this is Maven from the Go Informed Build a Better Vacation podcast. And I think people fail to have a good vacation for the same reasons that a lot of people fail to meet their goals. They don't prepare. If you show up at Disney World with no ticket, no idea what's there, and no plan for how to deal with obstacles like crowds and bad weather, you are sure to have a rotten vacation. You might blame Disney But the truth is that you could have the best vacation ever if you just go prepared. The same goes for most any goal. Arriving at your destination with no preparation is a sure way to fail in your attempt. So next time you set a goal, spend the time to determine what you need to know to get there. Ask for help. Think about how you will handle challenges along the way. Find out what those challenges are likely to be. And set yourself up for success, so you can enjoy the journey as well as the destination.
0: There's a great quote by Benjamin Franklin, which perfectly illustrates Maven's answer that you need to keep in mind at all times. By failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And what is actually failing to meet our goals? Is failure such a literal concept?
17: Hey, Meg Brunson here from the Familypreneur podcast. So why do people fail with goal setting? I think there are two main elements to this question. First of all, when setting goals, people don't often pick measurable goals. So things that you can track and measure and see progress, even if you're not seeing completion of those goals. So that's mistake number one is identifying how you're going to measure progress and measure success. Mistake number two is that people perceive success as black or white. So they may set a goal in the new year or anytime during the year And it's all or nothing. If they don't meet that goal, they get discouraged or if they are trending to not hit that goal, they get discouraged and give up instead of tracking those measurable steps and seeing that progress is getting them closer to the goal. So it's a long game, but people have this short term vision. When you are thinking about setting your goals for 2019 or Anytime, my recommendation 100% is to set your goal big, but break it down into measurable segments so that you can track your progress along the way. And don't get discouraged when you hit obstacles or speed bumps that seem to set you back. As long as you're making forward motion, you are on the right track and you are closer to your goal than you were yesterday. Keep up the good work. Keep setting those goals. And before you know it, you're going to achieve them and surpass them.
0: That being said, let me rephrase or change my earlier question. What is actually succeeding to reach our goals?
18: Hi, this is Annie LaCroix from the Brainy Boss Podcast. When I think about why people don't reach their goals, it is because goals are generally set up to be binary. Either you achieved them or you did not. For example, if you set a goal to organize all your paperwork before the end of the year, and you only get halfway through your paperwork, you believe that you feel that goal, where in actuality, you're 50% closer to being organized. So instead of setting a goal that is either I did or I didn't, I suggest that people put in place systems that help them become closer to what they want to be. For example, if you're trying to organize your paperwork, it's because you want to be more organized and you want to feel less stressed about your paperwork, right? So put a system in place that allows you to organize your paperwork over time. And as you use that system, you'll get closer and closer to having everything set up the way you want it. And one day you'll realize, hey, I'm organized. That feels a lot better than getting halfway through something and considering it a failure when you're actually halfway closer to where you need to be. These
0: two answers tell you that failure and success aren't that literal after all. Now, let me ask you, my friend, are you 100% responsible for achieving your goals? Are the goals that you have set? Based 100% on what you can do to achieve them? Listen to Jack Hopkins' answer and think about it.
19: Hi, this is Jacques Hopkins from pianoin21days.com and the online course guide.com. And my answer to the question, why do people fail with goal setting? I can tell you that when I failed with goal setting most, it's when I try to set goals that my actions aren't going to necessarily 100% be responsible for reaching that goal. It's when I try to set goals that aren't based 100% on my actions. So let me give you a couple of examples. If I say, okay, I want to reach 100,000 YouTube subscribers by the end of the year. Okay, I could do everything possible to try to grow my YouTube channel and still not hit that number. But I think a more actionable goal, a goal based more on exactly what I could be doing is much better because you know that if you do it, then you've achieved your goal. So if my goal is to grow my YouTube channel, ultimately, and, and if I'm first thinking okay, 100,000 subscribers, well, instead of saying my goal is 100,000 subscribers, let's say my goal is to post a new YouTube video with you know this, 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 and this criteria, meaning it's got a good thumbnail, it's got a good description, and so on every week over the course of this year that's something i know i can do and once i do i can check the box that that goal is complete
0: this means that you have to make sure that your goals are really actionable that you can control the necessary steps you need to take in order to meet them if you fail to do it you'll be doing goal setting in the wrong way now to help people do it right and be more effective at goal setting a very specific goal setting methodology that was mentioned earlier was created. Doug Cunnington from LeechSideproject.com and host of the Doug Show podcast is here today to talk about that methodology, the Smart Goals methodology. Hey what's
20: going on? It's Doug Cunnington here. Thanks a lot, Louie, for inviting me onto the show. Generally, I think people fail at goal setting because they set bad goals, alright? They set non specific goals. They're vague, they're kind of uninspiring. Here's a couple of examples. They want to lose weight, for example, or maybe exercise more or work harder, get more done. And it's just non-specific. Back from my corporate career, I was exposed to the idea of SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and on a Timeline. And it really makes you think about the details of achieving a goal. So instead of being a non-specific goal, like exercise more, maybe it's to run a half marathon. And in that case, you kind of have to be specific. So you're going to run a half marathon. It's definitely measurable. It's 13.1 miles. Is it achievable? Well, You can look at other people that have done the same thing and then you could sort of back into it uh, based on your current fitness level. So, maybe you need to run like two or three times a week and you need to train for several weeks, say 10 to 12 weeks, increasing the distance, uh, maybe like five to 10% per week to make sure, you know, you don't overload your system and get an injury or something like that. Further, you could look if it's realistic and see that, two to three times a week is doable. You could set aside that amount of time and you understand that it is indeed realistic. And then finally, a timeline. Continuing with our half marathon analogy here, you can sign up for a race. And of course, that is on a specific day at a specific time. And you could back into what you need to do for training on a week-by-week basis to make sure that you are running enough, that you're training properly. So just to summarize, people don't set great goals because they don't dig into it enough and like look at what it will actually take to achieve those goals. Thanks again, Louis, for having me on the show. You can uh, get more information from me, in fact, on productivity and goal setting specifically at nichesiteproject.com and I'll give Louis a couple links on goal setting and helping identify what you should work on and when and what maybe you shouldn't work on at all.
0: Totally, setting goals like I want to be healthy are definitely not specific, meaning you don't actually really understand what you need to do to reach that goal. Better yet, that's not even a goal, it's more of an aspiration. Again, you should not confuse the two. And since you don't know what to do, you'll be stuck and will end up doing nothing. You can find Doug's links and all of the resources mentioned in the show notes page for this episode at onlinebusiness.fm slash 1313. In the end, the core essence of goal setting is truly about taking action, and who's better to talk about taking action than Brandon Offered himself?
21: Goal setting is something that I think about constantly. In fact, it was kind of the focus of the whole beginning of my own podcast, the Entrepreneurs and Coffee podcast. The core thing that the podcast was about when I started was not necessarily my experience, but just about taking action in your business. If you want to take action in your business, like you have to have some sort of goal. There's all sorts of trite sayings about goal setting, you know, without a goal, you can't score and all those things. And, and they're true. They're true. You have to be aiming for something. You can't just, you know, start an Instagram account being like, I'm going to blow up and then opportunity is just going to happen. That's not how it works. Two of the first people that came on my podcast gave me really, really good advice. The first one was Hal Elrod. It's actually the first guest of my podcast. He's the author of The Miracle Morning, an incredible human. He told me that when he was really struggling with sales, he was like a national leader uh, with like Cutco Knives. Uh, when he was really struggling with sales, he just focused on the process. He just said, all right, to make this many sales, I have to make this many calls on average. So every day, I'm just going to focus on making that many calls. I know that even if the first 90% don't pan out, then I know that by the law of averages, the last 10% will, so I won't be disheartened. And he focused more on the work. I'm not big on quotes, but I am big on things that are meaningful. And I'm big on the work. That's one of the reasons that I think people fail at achieving their goals. And they fail with goal setting is because they focus on the end result and not the actual work that it's going to take to get there. There's a quote that I have on the homepage of my website. Brendan Bouchard said, uh, you know, right? Great name, right? He said, when you knock at the door of opportunity, do not be surprised that it is work who answers. So if you're going to look for opportunity, if you're going to look to set some big goals and all of this stuff, like you're going to have to be willing to put in the work and you're going to have to map backwards. This is something I learned from my 10 years of experience as a classroom teacher and a principal is this idea of backwards planning. I want my students to know X. Cool. Let's plan backwards and figure out how to get them there. What are the steps to get them there? I can't just give them a 100 math problems and hope they learn how to do it. It's not how it works. So. That was really meaningful to me. And then the other guest that I had on the podcast was also Michael Hyatt. Michael has this program called Best Year Ever. And one of the pieces of advice he gave me that really mattered to me was just being really selective about who I share my goals with. We get a little uh micro kind of adrenaline, adrenaline is the wrong word, uh like endorphin or something. There's some sort of like good good thing that happens. I'm not a doctor. There's some nice thing that happens in your brain when you share your goals. It's why... We, uh, you know, share uh, Harvard Business Review articles because we want to look like a person who reads the Harvard Business Review, right? We retweet things that we already believe to be true. And it's simply because we get this, like, nice little feeling of sharing things. Like, let's be honest, everybody's going to nod their head at this. And if you're not nodding your head, you're a liar. How many people listening to this have posted a picture of a book online that you still haven't read? I'm guilty. I'm guilty for sure. I know a lot of people are. Because we posted the picture of the book, and we're like, oh, cool. Everybody, like, they think I'm reading this book. Like, I still haven't finished Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, one of the best books about writing ever, by all accounts. I'm, like, halfway through it. For, I have been for years, because I I made the mistake of, like, sharing with people, and they're like, oh, that's such a good book. That's so cool you're reading it. And I got, I got the feeling of finishing. I got the feeling of, like, being done. And those people have never come back to me and been like, hey man, did you finish the book? How was it? Have you applied it to your business? Have you applied it to your life or your writing? They're not checking in with me. You have to share your goals with people who care about you and will hold you accountable. It's very important we have those two things. That they're going to hold you accountable and they actually give a crap about you. For me, that's my spouse and it's my mastermind group. I don't pay for a mastermind group. You know, it's not like one of those like guru led ones. It's just me and three other people who meet on a regular basis, been meeting for four and a half years. That's extremely rare and they really care about me. So I share my goals with them because I know they're going to be like, Hey, Brendan, did you do the thing you said you were going to do? And are you doing, let's take it full circle here. Are you doing the actions that you identified were going to get you to that goal that you wanted? I read Think and Grow Rich. I actually read that whole book. The problem after reading Think and Grow Rich was simply, I thought I just had to write it down on a note card that I was going to be a millionaire by 35, and it would just happen. And that was a huge mistake because I didn't see the actions. I don't believe in the secret. I don't have a vision board. I don't write down my intentions and think that they'll manifest themselves in the world. I just write down my actions. I put it in my Google Calendar so I do the things that are going to actually get me there. I think that's extremely important, and I think that that is one giant thing that people miss kind of to wrap this up, when I'm thinking about the reasons that I see most people fail. So we talked about a bunch of different stuff, but it's really that they don't want it enough. And they they think they want it, but they don't. I really believe that actions indicate priorities, that whatever you're doing shows what your real priorities are. If your real priorities is to set a world record for how much Netflix you can watch, like you'll do that. And the thing is, you'll get whatever you want out of life. Whatever you want out of life, it's not what you think you want. You think you want business success or relationship success or whatever else. Uh, but what you really want is to watch Netflix because that's what you're doing. There's a great book by Jarek Robbins called Live It. And if we were really honest with ourselves, if we really did that stuff, if we really took that action. I mean, let's be honest right now. I'm recording this into my iPhone. You can probably hear it in the audio quality. That's because I believe in taking action, not waiting, not leaving barriers Russell Brunson has recorded every single episode. It's got like 400 episodes of the Marketing Secrets podcast. He's recorded every single one of them into his phone in his car. But when the signal cuts through the noise and you actually have something to say, it'll come through and people can tell. You can tell that I clearly have something to say on this. So it doesn't matter what I'm recording it on. I'm not letting anything get in my way. I'm just taking action. I hope all of this is super helpful for you and I appreciate being a part of this.
0: Right on, Brandon. Thanks for this. It's funny and kind of ironic, but there's clearly a tendency when we set goals to focus more on the outcome, on the end result, than really on what we need to work on, on the required actions to get there. We kind of forget to actually do the work. And another important element to being successful at achieving your goals is who you share them with and the people you surround yourself with to support you, to help you, to hold you accountable, and to guide you along the way.
22: Hi, my name is James Travis from Godspeed Development. It's a podcast that teaches you all about financial literacy, so you can become economically self-sufficient. As you probably heard a bunch of times before me, the question of today is, why do people fail at goal setting? A lot of answers that you previously heard probably focused around internal motivation, habits, and other things, but I want to take the time to talk about something different. First, I want you to consider what normal means to you. If you're like me and not 100% self-employed, you probably listen to a lot of podcasts about entrepreneurship. The other day, I was listening to a show with Noah Kagan, which was titled, What to Do If You Hate Your Job, and I'm thinking, ah, he's finally got a guest that can relate to me. Turns out the guy owns his own business, he just hates what he does. And this made me think, does this Noah guy have any friends who aren't entrepreneurs? Do any of his friends work regular 9 to 5 jobs? And the more that I sat back and thought about it, the more that I really came to the conclusion that the answer is no. Noah wants to be a better entrepreneur, so he surrounds himself with people who are exactly what he wants to become. It's not normal for him to work 40 hours a week and hate every minute of it. It's not normal to make decisions that have an impact on other people without weighing the consequences of those decisions. It's probably not even normal for him to get paid on Friday. So let's circle back to why we don't reach our goals. It's because our goals aren't normal to us yet. We may still be thinking from the perspective that our goals are huge and you know, maybe a little bit unachievable. Let me put it this way, about 78% of people in North America live paycheck to paycheck. That means there's about 22% of people who don't. For that 22% of people, even though the majority of people live paycheck to paycheck, it is abnormal for them to spend most, if not all the money that they earn. Now when it comes to goal setting, you must choose which camp you like to be a part of. Are you going to stick with the same results that you had in life because that's what you're used to? Or are you going to make a change? Are you going to create your new normal? In conclusion, I'd like you to redefine what normal means to you. If it's your dream to control your time and money by starting your own business, then you should know it is completely normal to have growing pains and times that you feel like you just want to give up and quit. It is normal to try, fail, try again, and fail a dozen times. You're not going to always have everything figured out, but if this is the life that you want to live, this is your new normal. Surround yourself with the people that will help you along the way because this is their life as well. It's normal for them. You don't have to make the shift from one norm to the next alone. That's why mentorship is so important. Find someone who's already accomplished the things that you want to do. Not only will you have an accountability partner, you'll also have a guide to help you reach your goals. Thank you so much for listening to this answer. Hopefully you can use it to help you get to where you want to be. There's a strong reason as to why Jim Ron said what he said.
0: One of his most famous quotes, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that reason was perfectly described in James Travis's answer. Every one of us who is listening to this show is already aware of everything that it takes to be successful, to set goals the proper way and to achieve them. We have most of this knowledge already within us. We just have to be remembered of these pieces of advice every now and again. We just have to stay focused and most of all, we just need to be committed.
23: Hey, I'm Monica Louie. I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist from MonicaLouie.com and people often fail with goal setting because they aren't truly committed to achieving the goal. Now we've all heard of smart goals and I definitely structure my own goals using that method, but if you aren't 100% committed to achieving the goal, then the format of the goal doesn't really matter. So I love setting big goals that push me out of my comfort zone. For instance, before I became a Facebook ads expert, I blogged about my family's journey out of debt. So when we were 32, my husband and I decided to pay off all of our debt, including our mortgage, all $320,000 worth before we turned 40. It was a huge goal that we weren't sure we could actually achieve, but Because we were committed to paying it off, we ended up taking massive action and paid off $120,000 of debt in two years, all on a single middle-class income with two young kids at home. Now people are Capable of so much more than they often give themselves credit for, but they only truly realize just how much they can do when they're committed to doing whatever it takes to achieve their goals. So if you're falling short of reaching your goal, then do a gut check on your commitment level. If you're truly committed to achieving it, you'll find a way to make it happen.
0: After all that was said, and as a conclusion to this episode, there is a final thing, a word of warning that you need to be aware of when setting your goals. Azul Toronis, educator, author, entrepreneur, writing coach, and host of the Born to Write podcast, has the final piece of advice to offer you
24: on goal setting. One of the biggest mistakes people make or things that people do when they're setting goals, they think that they are their goal, that that defines them. And I really see goals as just an opportunity to reach a vision or a place where they want to go to. So like if you imagine that you would like to achieve something, the bigger thing is who is it that you are now? Who do you want to be has more to do with who you really are currently. And I think goals can easily become something that people think of when I get there, then I'll be who I am. And that's why a lot of people who achieve goals have to achieve even larger goals, more audacious goals. And that's not to say that having great goals and big goals and achievements isn't important, but it could be the danger of setting goals that keeps you in a mindset of that I'm always Not enough. So I think goals should be an affirmation of who you are and who you are striving to continually be in the moment, in this time. Never forget
0: that who you are right now is the very foundation of the person you're striving to become, and that what you do now and how you do it, is what actually defines you, not the kind of goals that you set. And we are done for today. I really hope that you have enjoyed and most of all learned a lot from this episode. I'd like to take a moment right now to thank everyone who accepted to be a part of this audio roundup on goal setting, and even to those who, for one reason or another, couldn't participate this time. I'm sure other opportunities will come along. Thank you. I truly appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, taking time out of your busy schedules to record your invaluable contributions to this very special episode of the Online Business FM podcast. I had a lot of work putting this together, but... At the same time, a ton of fun as well. This was one of my goals for the beginning of this year, and I can now say, accomplished goal. As for you, dear listener, do join me again at the next episode of the OBFM podcast. Navigate to onlinebusiness.fm slash 1313 to get all the links, resources, all that was mentioned, plus the episode's transcription and more info about today's guests in the show notes page for this session of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting platform or app. Go to onlinebusiness.fm to check out on which our show is available. See you next time. From Lisbon, Portugal to the world, this is Luiz Miguel Correia, a.k.a. Louie Luke, and I'm signing off. Thank you for supporting the Online Business FM podcast. For more episodes and other great stuff, check out the show's homepage page at onlinebusiness.fm. Online Business FM. Let's find out together or we can make it online.